Welcome to Talk Design. I'm Adrian Ramsey, and with the Architects Marketing Institute, I'm going to bring you 12 special editions. These 12 editions, the architects who are presenting their homes on the Austin AIA Homes Tour. They're all very inspiring, and there's some secret special tips that you'll get towards the end of each podcast. I hope you're as inspired as I am. My guest on Talk Design is Mark Odom from Mark Odom Studio. Now, a really interesting thing is, is Mark has got a home, which is called the Englewood Home, which is in the AIA Austin Homes Tour. Now, this Homes Tour I've been to about five times, and uh, it's the most fantastic Homes Tour that I've ever found. Austin's an amazing city. It has everything from lakefront to hill country, to urban homes. And Mark has got an incredible mid-century modern inspired home in the tour this year. So Mark, welcome to Talk Design Podcast. Lovely to have you here. Thank you so much, Adrian. Uh, it's wonderful to be on your show. I really appreciate it. And it's also really nice to have the amount of exposure, right? Because yeah. Austin has such a wonderful uh, design community that's well worth the discussion. I so agree. Like, So thank you. You're, you're so, so pleased to have you here, man. Austin has the most incredible sort of little, I don't know whether you call it enclave or whatever, but it has beautiful architecture, has great architects, has great modern architecture, as well as traditional architecture. And it's a city that um, is a very vibrant city. You know, it's not a big city, which makes it really special, but it's a really comprehensive city. It has a, a beautiful mix and a ton of creativity. That's one of the things that draws me there. I mean, if you don't like architecture, go for the music, I say. <laughs> uh, you know the, the the culture is so intelligent and diverse in a way of different types of individuals coming to, together because of our tech community our university um but one commonality i think that we all share is this love for architecture because it it really does resonate in all of our communities and it not only you know, is a is a wonderful thing that I think every, everyone is collaboratively beating at the same beat, so to speak. But it's also uh, an environment that we push one another. You know, it's not only the architecture; it's the construction science. It's the really the the, the level. Even just the tech world, the tech yeah. world, there is such a level. You know, like. Yeah. Everything like that. And, you know, like you say, the construction science, you look at people like Matt Reisinger and oh, man, those yeah. guys, they just push the envelope. Yeah. But they're standing up and doing it. They're not just sitting down hiding doing it. They're actually standing up and doing it. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's a, yeah, it's a fabulous place. And as I say, if you don't like architecture, go for the music. It's even That's better. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that as well. um, yeah, it is. Eh? I've got a question for you, Mark, which is, you know, like somewhere in your journey of life along the journey, there was a point when you went, I'm going to be this architect thing because architecture is a calling. It's not just, uh, you're a creative guy. You could have done lots of things, but architecture is an absolute calling. It's something that you're kind of driven to do. And you, you tend to tend to jump into this industry, not about the money. It's about what you can create. And there's a real amazing thing to be able to create something that lasts. Absolutely. And so tell me, in this journey of life, at what point did you go, I'm going to be an architect? Were yeah. you, you know, 10 years old? Or yeah, you know, no, that, where were you? That, that's a great question because my, you know, the immediate answer is I, I really didn't have a fairy tale um, love affair with architecture. I, I, I 
got into it in the second year of college. And, you know, I, I came from a very small country town called Waxahachie, which is just south of Dallas. You know, it was small at the time. Now it's exploded quite a bit. But yeah. I, ha- I really had no exposure to architecture, nor do I know I didn't know any architects growing up. Wow. Um, and so I got through high school and entered into college and still really was kind of fuddling around with different avenues of, of degrees. And and I remember I had a friend and we started talking about architecture and I signed up for a studio and it was incredibly difficult. And, and I don't really think I even did that well. Uh, but it was that it was that challenge and it was the problem solving and the puzzles and all of these things really just kind of blew my mind. And it was I always had an art background. Right. That's kind of, you know, maybe all yeah. our common threads. But uh, and then love science and, you know, all these things just kind of came together and in this in this one moment of, of, of this studio. And, and I remember just at the end of the semester thinking, oh, man, I really just, I don't know, <laughs> you know, but that and, and that kind of feeling of not failure, but but, you know, I just didn't have it wasn't clicking. It it was that that type of challenge to want to yeah. get better and and to try to understand. And uh, and, and that that really, you know, that that really is how it unfolded for me. And uh, and then I began, you know, getting more education in history and understanding the balance and, you know, all the, all the things that you're, you're looked to, you know, within your education. And then I love this description of what and, it does. And then again, you know, a- after my undergrad degree, I still didn't quite understand what architecture was. And I, I had a job that it, it was, it was, it was good. It was, you know, it gave me some experience, but I moved away from Texas. I, I moved to Hawaii for several years and then I had a job in architecture. And, and eventually I, uh, you know, seven years or so after I realized, wow, this, you know, there's something else out there that I was interested in, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And then I chose to move to Southern California, San Diego to, to do a master's. And it was a small theoretical school, you know, a two-year program. and that's when the lights came on. And, and oh, I wow. attribute what I do now to that moment, to that two year time period of sheer education and kind of hands on theoretical yeah. uh, mindset and, and, and research that that gave me a voice to speak with an architecture. And S- suddenly you worked it out. It was like, it was it like all out. this, this whole piece and then boom, everything lined up. Everything all lined the- up and it, it was, it's real interesting. And it, and it, I think it resonates because it's it seemed with me anyway. It seems like the journey and the process is the thing. The final yeah. result is you know it, it's fine, but uh, but it's that journey that's real. Yeah. You know that's and the complexity of that journey. Right, right. So yeah, that's awesome. There's many layers that lead up to how I got there, which is <laughs> oh, isn't there? There is. There's many oh, yeah. layers, yeah. which is part of the joy of it, though, because it is complex and and right. and, and every problem's a new problem. Even right. though it might be say, solved by a similar method, it's new in its context. Every project is different with its yeah. own set of derivatives, and um, <laughs> no doubt about that. <laughs> even though you 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 may have some similarities or common threads, sure, there's something that, and and this is, should be the case, right? That if you think that every project is the same, then I think you're doing something wrong. Um, yeah. So if you're really reaching for those moments where you can find a different and celebrate those differences as a, as a moment, you know, within your project, then you should find some success, right? 
That's nice. So tell me about um, your client philosophy and how it relates to the the house, the Inglewood house on tour. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, in general, the client philosophy is, you know, it, sh- it should embody the client's personality and lifestyle, period, right? It's not something that we're going to live or occupy or call ours. It's going to be theirs. So I think if, if we at the very end can say, if we can match personalities and lifestyles, and then one step further, if it if it really sets itself in within the context, that would be the ultimate philosophy or desire, you know, that we try yeah. to approach anything. So if you have that those common rule sets, then each project should be very different, right? Because no personality is the same. Even even between um, like most of the projects we do are for couples, and I imagine most of them are for you as well. Even within a couple, you've got a Oh, the dynamics. <laughs> right. Who said, and, who said marriage counseling? Yeah. And, and how do you properly balance those together? And <laughs> yeah. talking with my hands, but you know. <laughs> right. So true. So That's true. Right. That's the joy of the journey as well. Beyond just um, creating the structures, it's the joy of the journey is, is yeah. the people. The people, right. without and, a doubt, and you know it, it's it is. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but the, the joy of the journey and the people, but then also knowing that you resonate with with that couple or that person or that individual, so that that journey is really pleasurable, right? Because yes. it's not. It doesn't mean that you have to agree all the time, but that problem solving together is the way that these solutions happen, right? Yeah. I was going to say, in fact, with a bit of tension. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. Not, not disagreement, but just tension. We get yeah. more brilliance. It's, right. comes together. Yeah, have an opinion. Um, with the Inglewood House, something that, uh, because it's going to be an online tour this year, sure. something that I thought would be really cool is if you've got three points in that house that people would have to search for on the video, but would be things that you would say, because it, they could miss it if they just turned up and walked through the gate and, you know, like on a regular tour, nobody would be telling them this. What yeah. are three things in that house that you go, you know what, search for these. These are the rooms they're in. And these are things that I think are something extra special in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. And I'm, haven't seen the videos myself and I'm real curious to oh, try wow. this as okay, well. Cool. Yeah. But hopefully what resonates in all of our work, not only Inglewood is the experience and one of the experiences in Inglewood that makes it so special is how the daylighting gets brought into each space differently, right? So I'm, I'm real interested to see as you as you see these 360 fly-throughs and the videos, how subtly the, the sunlight or, or, or the shadows, the shade and the shadow spills through each room because it's not a very big house. But yeah. it, but it's it's zoned uh, in a way that or the the windows are placed in a wall in the in the wall or the envelope uh, so that your experience kind of changes even though you might be in the same room. So I I, I think trying to you know that that subtlety of sunlight being mindful yeah. of it could be could be a nice thing to pay attention to. I, I interviewed somebody a little while ago and they said, well, you know, really all we do is, is we create boxes and we try and get as much light into them as possible. Right. And um, I thought that was a lovely description because the way you put light into a space makes or breaks the space. Absolutely. It, yeah. it, it, and it's got to be able to cope with a full 12 months 
of how that light will shift and the light it, it yeah it, it's and, i love that and, and you and you can take a box and you can you can penetrate each side with openings and say oh i my job is complete but then you could take those and you could carefully ed- edit them and manipulate the, yeah. the openings within the box and then it's a game changer right it, yeah. it really changes it's, it's not just a window in a skylight or a window in a yeah right. door it's it, yeah, there's so much that happens Right, right. So light was one of them. What else have you got? So people, if, if people are on the tour, then they should um, have a little look at as they're going in um, to the house. Take time to pause and look for how that light is right. in the home. Right. You know, Leonard Fomansky, the photographer, said this yeah. lovely thing to me. He said, we're talking about his um, about shooting stuff. And I said, well, what if it's dark? And he goes, shoot it dark. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and I said, well, what if it's bright? Shoot it bright. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I said, really? And he goes, sure, man. He said, that's how it was designed to be. Yeah, right. And if it was designed to be lit, the architect will tell me, turn on the light. Right, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, like, I, I went, that's so cool. I really love that philosophy, so you know. <laughs> yeah, shoot it dark, man. <laughs> um, what other little tips have you got that might be there? Let's see, the other one, the other couple, I think, and I'm hoping this resonates within the video footage and, and all the other imagery. There's this spine of the house, right? That The uh, circulation spine of the house that even though it is a very consistent straight line and, and the stack bond brick, you know, all yeah. the course lines run level all the way through the house. As you experience the house, each uh, and that spine kind of penetrates each volume. There, there are subtle the transitions between uh, the spaces are, I think, real remarkable in a way that sometimes it'll pinch and then sometimes oh, it'll yeah. open, expand, it'll yeah, pinch. And um, and again, I'm I'm hoping that kind of thing, you know, may it, or may it, not show up in the video. It, it yeah. may or may not, but. If it doesn't, then I think the the real careful control of of datum lines, and it yes. starts with a coursing of the brick and the top of the brick and the and the and the level of, of, of detail for the for the window and the sills. That because that the site has a ten foot fall from back to front. Oh wow! Okay, cool. The slab is staggered in a way, but all those lines stay, stay very consistent uh, throughout yeah. the house. So. Awesome. Awesome. I love, see, that's a detail that would be so easily missed. And when you stop to take a look, you see the precision and um, it takes an enormous amount of um, planning for that precision to be executed. Enormous amount of great execution as well. Who was the builder, by the way? Uh, Doug Cameron. Yeah, just a wonderful construction science nerd like us. Love it. Man, he that partnership, he, you know, we couldn't have done it without him because it's different when the, when the builder grasps the concept of architecture and concept, and then, and then they lean into it and then, you know, they make that resonate with all the details. And if they think that something's, something's wrong and doesn't jive in terms of the the concept, then they bring it up and then we, we. Absolutely. They're a partner. They're not, they're not, they're not separated from you. They're with you. Absolutely, and with, and ultimately with the client, you know that, that everybody's in the same team. It's all, it's all a partnership, and that and that's really what this project was, and and the reason why it was so successful is because we 
there is a healthy conversation, to say the least, about about everything, right? So yeah. it didn't just start with a floor it's plan. It's not just your vision. Right. It's, yeah. yeah. But when you start with um, the owner, uh, loved mid-century modern, wanted this house to be very true to the era. But whenever you, when you, whenever you talk about mid-century modern, you quickly realize that it is a uh, very loaded term or era, right? Everybody's opinion is, is very different whenever you get into the detail of what mid-century modern is. So from the windows to the brick to the material to the roof line, there was a healthy conversation about whether or not we're staying true and what true meant to mid-century yes, modern. Yes, and, and um, being modern with mid-century modern as opposed right. to traditional, yeah. Because right. we've learnt stuff since then as well, and that's um, that's interesting. It makes that's a better house. The, yeah, that's where the construction science comes in. So if yeah. you want to stay true, material from you know from a material material point of view, yeah, everything you can't see the internalized section of the wall, um, you is totally modern, right? It's totally contemporary, yeah. and that's really what that. makes the the volume successful in a in a healthy living environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and did you have any more for them? Yeah, I I think that um, you know again it's another one of these. I don't know if it's going to come out in the video, but it it is a it's how the the volumes play with one another. Meaning that the sitting room is not just a sitting room. It should it should be flexible enough to be uh, a workstation, or the loft shouldn't be just a playroom or a sitting room. It should all, so there it, we had a discussion about how to multitask uh, the house in regards to having the the volumes or the rooms play off of one another. So that one nice. probably wouldn't, you know. Probably be lost on video, but maybe not. Just yeah, really depends. Right. Again, right. if you take the time um, on the video to pause and try and get a sense of the space, that's, yeah. you know, the, the hardest thing with the video, I imagine, and because I haven't seen them either, yeah. will be... When you arrive at a home, you get a sense when you're on the footpath and and as you enter a house, there's so much that happens psychologically as you're entering something. And, you know, you've set up a journey from the arrival in the street to to every corner and every piece of it. And that journey, I might flick around and not take the journey on the way that you could. I don't know whether this will happen or not, but whether the journey will be forced or whether the journey will be, oh, I'll go and have a look in the master suite first. Oh, yeah. I'll go and have a look over here first. Yeah. Instead of going how we would be forced, the house would present itself. You know, every home has a, as I say, a journey woven into it, which is yeah. part of the beauty of a house. It makes it special. That's an interesting question. And, you know, to be honest, I, I really, I, I kind of struggled with it because when I talk about our, our work or what we do, it's more based on the experience that we're trying to have one resonate with versus a type of material that we're excited to use. Or, you know, I, I think the detailing and, and, and the craft of this project is just top notch. It's, 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 oh, it's, really wonderful. it's stunning. It is stunning. But, but my expectation is that that should be, the, that should be, you know, the, the, the bar. That That's we, an also. That set, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard to, I was trying to, find some sort of uh, articulation and in, in, in verbiage that you could resonate with on a video, which is a different, really different way to review yeah. a project or experience the project. So I, I hope that some of these experiences that we talk about come to life. 
I think that regardless, the, the tour will be a, a learning experience from, Absolutely. you know, from the AIA's point of view um, and what they will do. Uh, they will always have homes now probably done this way, regardless of when we're back in the streets, you know, knocking around into people's homes. And I think the fact that some of the homes on the tour certainly would never be open to the public. Right. I mean, we're going to go into some homes that, um, yeah, that would otherwise never be presented because they don't want 5,000 people walking through their living room. It's a huge deal every year. Absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to have a mix from here on. And I, I'm talking to Ingrid, you know, like is it, this is a game changer in it all is. ways. And well, also that's... the fact that we can send this out to, you know, 50,000 people is a game changer as well. Like just, and, and it just goes global, as you say, like yeah. it just blows it out of proportion all of a sudden. And, and Ingrid and everybody at the AIA has done such a wonderful job um, yeah. allowing us, well, being creative, right? Because this was not long ago when the pandemic happened and, and here we are. And, yeah. and now we're having to re-navigate some of our traditional ways of thinking. But there's so many positives that have come out of this and, 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 and uh, just like this situation. Yeah. Uh, we get to uh, speak with you and, and our projects are celebrated on a completely different platform and avenue outside of Austin. And, and also we're pushed to think differently about our projects and talk about them differently. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just made a couple of really cool little notes there about, uh, which I'll talk to Ingrid about, which is um, different ways just from what we talked about, the different yeah. ways houses could be presented. Absolutely. It's a stretch in every direction because we get so comfortable in the way that we do things and the way that we present yeah. that now in a lot of instances we're outside of our comfort zone and we're trying to recreate a normalcy that, you know, it'll change again. No, but it will. Uh, yeah. It's really interesting. I'm so pleased to have had this chat with you, Mark. It's Thank fascinating. I'm looking you. forward to uh, some music and some uh, maybe a wine or a beer in Austin with you. Absolutely. Um, Coming to your studio as well when I get there. Like, uh, right. hopefully next year, hopefully we'll be there. Hi, my name's Richard Petrie. And if you're a designer who's frustrated by not winning the type of projects with clients who really value great design, go to a new webinar training I'm going to give you where I'll teach you how to win higher value design projects where fees is not the number one priority. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design.